November 25th, Saturday of the 33rd week in Ordinary Time. As we near the end of the liturgical year, the Church leads us to reflect on the end times. Primarily, that involves the culmination of history and the final judgment, but it also points to our own individual ends in bringing our lives to completion. What lies beyond is shrouded in mystery, beyond the reach of our human knowledge. But to the eyes of faith, Scripture gives some hints of what to expect. In today's Gospel, the Sadducees lack that vision. All they can see is our present time-bound existence, where we go through a sequence of events, encounters, and relationships. Projecting that beyond the grave makes no sense, so they reject the whole concept. Life to them is just a series of experiences. When the last one ends, nothing is left. In that view, all that we treasured in life, all the beauty, the joy, the pleasures, and especially the relationships to family, friends, and colleagues, are gone forever. That's always our greatest fear when we contemplate death. When a child loses a parent, a grandparent, a friend, or even a dog, they want to know, will they ever see them again? Or has that loved one been taken away forever? We may not want to admit it, but the same anxiety gnaws at us as well. After all, even Jesus had his moment of dread in the garden as he faced his own death. In today's gospel, Jesus presents a different understanding of what lies beyond the grave. When we pass on from this world, he tells us, we receive our life in its wholeness. Everything that was good and beautiful, everything that we loved, and that gave us life, is there, together. What we lose are the limitations, all that divided and diminished us, everything that blocked the full flourishing of our human life. All the relationships that meant so much to us in this world will be there in the next, to be reverenced and enjoyed forever. This is all possible because we will live in the presence of God, who is the source of all life and all that is good. That's the point Jesus makes in this gospel. God is a God of life, not of death. To embrace God is to embrace life, and to embrace life is to embrace God. The person who loves, affirms, and protects life in this world will have the fullness of life in the next, living in the awesome splendor and love of God. The opposite is also true. Those who destroy and diminish life face unending death. This is brought out in today's first reading, where the king Antiochus who spent his existence spreading death and destruction, and who defied the living God 
had nothing but emptiness ahead of him at the end. For us, Christ is life. I experienced a beautiful example of this a few years ago when I visited a Jesuit friend and colleague of mine who was dying of pancreatic cancer. He was still involved in a very rich and fruitful apostolic life when it hit. He was loved by all, revered for his warmth, generosity, and selfless care for others. It was devastating to see how that terrible disease had ravaged him. Yet he bore the diminishment, weakness, and pain with remarkable equanimity, never complaining, always gracious. When I expressed my admiration and wonder at how he maintained such a positive attitude in those terrible circumstances, he said simply, All my life I've been on a journey to meet Christ, and now I am almost there. He always had his eyes on God, who is not a God of the dead, but of the living.